What is going on, everybody? My name is Noah Heron, and you are listening to the All Our Ways podcast. And today, you are in for a treat because we've got my friend Michael Pittman on the pod. And if you don't know Michael, I promise you, this conversation is about to blow your socks off, okay? This podcast is all about looking at all of our ways and submitting them to Jesus. And so a lot of the conversations that have been on this podcast have been uh, people who are in ministry of some sort in the church. But we've tried recently to get as many people who are followers of Jesus, but doing things outside of the local church or a vocational ministry type of a calling. And Michael fits into that category Um, He and his wife, Amanda, are some of the coolest entrepreneurs that I know. Uh, They help businesses launch, and specifically, they help businesses launch confidently. They have tons of experience in entrepreneurship, in business, in finance. Um, They've worked with universities. They've worked with individuals. They've worked with companies, big and small, everything in between. And they just have a really, really unique and um, I think inspiring perspective on what money is supposed to do and what money is for as a follower of Jesus. Uh, Just being around them has helped me think so differently about the money that God gives me. And so uh, Jesus talked about money so much. But oftentimes in the church, money is a very awkward conversation. And so I thought it would be awesome to have Michael come on and share his perspective on money and what we should look at money as, how we should handle money as a follower of Jesus. I promise you, this conversation is fascinating. You're going to want to listen to more. And uh, you can do that by checking Michael out on social media. But for now, why don't you uh, grab a pen and paper, turn your volume up as you listen to my conversation with the one and only, my friend, Michael Pittman. Michael, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, bro. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so pumped. This is like uh, the most excited Hopefully no one else that I've been interviewing is listening. This is the most excited <laughs> I've been to do an interview in quite a while because um, you have such a unique perspective. You're young, you're an entrepreneur, you're a dad, you're a husband. And I just think that you have a, a really um, interesting mind. It's like in the, like, you're just, you're a genius, bro. I tell everyone that I know uh, who knows you, I'm like, Michael is just a genius. The things that come out of your mouth, I just want to take notes the entire time we're on every phone call. And um, why don't we just start with um, what made you get into uh, entrepreneurship? What made you fall in love with business? How long has that been a passion of yours, et cetera? Yeah. So I grew up not necessarily thinking about business and entrepreneurship. I remember whenever I was in college, I was in an accounting class and I went to a college with a lot of like very wealthy people. And I'm not talking like, oh, I maxed out my 401k type of wealthy. I mean, like whenever I was in college in the first floor of McIlvany Hall lived Alexis Walgreens. Yeah, that Walgreens, you know, across the across the campus was another girl in my grade named Michelle Marriott. 
yeah, that Marriott, you know, like we're talking about people who like have like tons of money. And so I was in an accounting class and I remember my freshman year, maybe it was like the, the teacher asked who in here is interested in having their own business. And I remember people all around the class raising their hands and I was like, your own business. Why would anyone want, anybody want to do that? Like, that sounds like such a headache. Like I want to climb corporate ladder or whatever. But what I realized was um, I actually had a mentor who, uh, you know, was an investment broker. And he, um, I found out that he was making like 30 grand a month. Mm. And I thought to myself, I didn't know like people really made that money without like going to medical school or like <laughs> playing in the league or something. I was like, what? And I saw the, what, the life he lived and like the freedom with his family. And I'm just like, hey, here's a concept I know. If you want something that somebody else has, just like follow them and do what they did, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I just was continually learning from him. And I, I was a mutual fund broker, which means that I could, I got federally licensed with two different, very difficult exams to sit in front of you and say, this is where the stock market has been. Here's mm -hmm. where I think it's going. I believe we should invest here and then invest the money on your behalf. And so I became a mutual fund broker at 21 years old and started kind of running my own business at that point in time. And so it was at that moment to where I really enjoyed the opportunity to make money while having the freedom. Mm -hmm. And it was from there that I decided like, this is what I really wanted to do. And so uh, from there, you know, I actually left that field. Well, I left that, that investment firm, but I packaged the knowledge and I turned it into a financial literacy program that mm -hmm. I now, uh, beforehand, I marketed it to the general public, but now it's mainly to colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. They license it from me. And so that's great. And now I do business coaching and everything. And it's just so fun. It's yeah. so, it's like, I am so passionate about it because I really feel like the entrepreneur and the small business owners out there are going to be um, the saving grace for our country. I think that it's, it has huge implications on the gospel yeah. um, and uh, what people are able to learn um, about Jesus. And I say that because, you know, when someone has an ability to make income mm. without there being a cap to it, right. then many times they, if they just stick with it, they, they make more than they, they would and they have more freedom and time than they would if they, you know, maybe had a traditional job. And many times that extra money, you know, will go towards missions or it goes towards moving the kingdom forward or, you know, like it goes towards supporting, you know, causes and, and, and nonprofits and people yeah. who want to do great things. And so um, I just feel like entrepreneurship and small business is the way and it's a kingdom principle and not yeah. just imagine if jesus was like yo i would love to heal this person but like i can only do it during my lunch break like <laughs> <laughs> like like i don't know I, I i i just i'm so passionate about it so dude you're so passionate about it and and whenever you talk about it or even just like the stuff you post on social media like it's it's so evident um michael and i were on a phone call um a couple weeks ago it was like two weeks ago now and uh that phone call was like an hour and a half long and I felt like it went by in like 20 seconds because it was like so fun I was at the gym when we were on the phone and I literally had to stop working out because I couldn't type fast enough to keep up like I was just like 
this is, and we were laughing and, um, I, I think it's, it's so refreshing to, um, to see a Christian who looks at money the way that you do. Now we know that Jesus talked about money more than he talked about just about anything else in the Bible. And there is kind of two trains of thought when it, when, um, two basic camps in, uh, in the kingdom of God, people on earth as their kind of view of money, there's kind of the view of like, Hey, it's almost like money is bad. And like, we shouldn't talk about money. It's like this hush, hush, like put it up, like in the top shelf of the kitchen counter and don't take it out like conversation. And then there's this group who's like, Hey, like if people are able to make more money, not only are they able to spend more time and prioritize their families, but they're also able to fund the kingdom of God on earth in a way that wouldn't be possible without, without money. Um, take a shot and don't even, you know, we could talk all about how, uh, Christian business leaders have such a bigger impact on the business world than someone who doesn't know anything about business. So why is it that you fall into the second camp? Because we already know through this conversation that that you fall into that. But I know that there's probably some people listening who maybe they grew up in a house where um, they, you know, they love Jesus, but it's awkward talking about money and they maybe feel uncomfortable. What made you feel so uh, freely and open about talking about it? Oh my goodness. Um, so for anybody listening, Noah did not give me any questions before then. And so he just wanted us to flow. And if there was anything to flow about, it would be this conversation. Okay, so here's the reality. I can go literally so many different ways on this. And so, um, yeah, you'll probably just have to edit some stuff out because I'm oh. about to go on a tear. So whenever I do workshops about money, to Christians, I tell everybody to take their wallet out and pull out their debit card or cash, whichever is in there. And everybody pulls it out. And I say, if the money that is on this debit card, if you stole it, I want you to put it down. Nobody puts it down. If I say, if all the money on this debit card, someone gave it to you as a gift, I want you to put it down. Card's still all over the room. Yeah. I say, well, what that means is this. If you have money now, then, and you didn't steal it, and it wasn't given to you as a gift, that means that you you got that money by serving someone else. Mm. Period. If you're a teacher, then you serve the students, and you serve their parents, and you serve your school district, and in exchange for that service, you got paid. If you're a waitress or a waiter, then you serve the clientele that you had and you serve the business owner that you work for. And so you got paid. Money is a byproduct of service. Mm. And so the more you serve, the more money you make. The Like people are like, man, it's so crazy. Like these professional athletes, you know, they, they, they make all this money. What about these people? What about those people? But like, think about LeBron. LeBron, when he came back to Cleveland, added $500 billion to the economy. Yeah. <laughs> serves a lot of people, you know? Like people. he's he was serving 30,000 people a night. Yeah. Because I can assure you that the attendance was not the same if he was injured or not playing. And so, you know, like money is a byproduct of service. So mm-hmm. the more you serve, the more money that you will make just as a byproduct by serving a lot of people. And if we feel like we're called to serve, yeah. then like wealth is a byproduct of that. I also personally believe that um, 
money is not bad. Money is not even neutral. Money is good. Yeah. The first currency for money is gold. Hmm. And gold, if you look in the Bible, was in the Garden of Eden before the fall. Yeah. And God called that good. So I don't even believe that money is neutral or, or I definitely don't believe it's bad, but I don't even think it's neutral. I think that it's good. And that when Christians, if 95% of, if Christians own 95% of the world's wealth, do we believe that the world will be in a worse place or a better place? Mm. Yeah. And if, and if we feel like it'd be in a better place, then what's stopping us from trying to reach that ideal? Yeah. Also, too, people have this misconception of like, oh, the rich man, you know, like it's harder to go through the eye of a needle, the, the camera to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. And when people tell me that, I say, OK, cool. Answer me this. What's rich? <laughs> and they're like, uh, you know, because like normally people define rich as like a few more dollars more than what they make, sure. you know. But the reality is that if you look at like the world wealth calculator and you go online and I think it's the world wealth calculator. If you make $22,000 a year, $500 a week, you are in the top 2%, 1% of income in the world. Yeah. And the Bible is not a Western 21st century, Western hemisphere, 21st century book. It is a global book. So we have to look at it through a global context. So globally, if you make more than 20 grand a year, you're rich. Does that mean because you make 30 grand a year that it's more difficult for you to go get into heaven than to than a camel? To, like it gets a little squirrely at that point in time, right? And so I believe there's just a lot of misinformation and miseducation about like biblical context mm. and about where money comes from and the integrity of it and the good it can do. And so, um, and that holds a lot of people back. And I believe that it's a trick of the enemy because the reality is that you can't have impact without income. Yeah. Not in this, not in this life, but yeah. like you can't have impact without income. And so the enemy is actually using the lack of income to, I believe, um, diminish the impact that many believers are able to have to where if believers, if all the believers had didn't have to worry about money as a resource, then they'd be able to do whatever they want to do and impact the people that they want to impact and do the thing that God has called them to do. And yeah. so, I mean, like I said, I was, I was, you asked, as you were asking the question, I was like, this is going to be a rant. This is going to be a rant, but it's, it's my heart. I'm here for it. And, and I know you've talked about this in so many different places. I, I've got your social media linked in the show notes and people need to go on there and, and see your thoughts on this in a, in a deeper way as well. But um, I heard a quote one time, I can't remember who said it. It was, it was someone in the finance world. Um, but they said something along the lines of it's not that uh, it's not that wealthy people <clears throat> think about money any more, any less. They just think about money differently. And I started thinking about that quote from a Christian perspective. And one thing that I've noticed with people who are truly living in the kingdom of God and entrepreneurial minded, or they, they have done really well for themselves in business, there's this common thread of generosity. Um, and it just seems like, you know, we've all heard that, that other quote that's like, you can't outgive God, but it really does feel like you can't outgive God. And that these people who have made all this money are also the ones who are giving the most away. And they're the ones who are like, 
they're just reaping what they've sown. Um, I've seen that in your life, you and Amanda, uh, some of the most genuinely generous people that I've ever met. Um, what would you say to someone, because I think most of our audience is, is pretty young, and so chances are, unless they are an entrepreneurial genius like you, um, they, they haven't made the most amount of money that they're going to make in their life yet. Sure. But what would you say to someone who is struggling with being generous now? You know, they, they've got a little bit. Um, how would you encourage them to be generous in their 20s and maybe what's some some fruit that you saw from that when you were, when you were younger. Yeah, for sure. Let me touch on something you mentioned before yeah. um, that I actually disagree with. You disagree with it. Oh, I'm, I'm here for it. So, um, and I know this is your podcast, but we're friends, so I can do it. You can do whatever you, you want. You said that it's not that rich people think about money less or more than people who don't have money. And I would 100% disagree with that. Having talked to a lot of people who have a bunch of money, like they think about money way less. Wow. <laughs> like <laughs> way less, you know, like you get to a certain point to where like money is not like a, like it's not a decision much anymore. You yeah. know, like I remember like me and the man that we went to a mastermind in Denver over the weekend and we were flying and like, there was a delay, a delay, a delay. And then they had to like move our flight to the next morning. Wow. And so we um just, I, so, I mean, we had to, book a whole, you know, take an Uber, book another hotel, you know, it was a couple hundred bucks or so. And it was like, if I didn't have like financial resources, I would be thinking about that way more than what I did, but it's just oh, like, so true. and so like people who have money, think about money way less than people who, who maybe don't, but like, not only that, there's like this middle-class paradox to mm. where people say that money doesn't matter, but it's the only thing that's keeping them up at night. Wow. And <laughs> so it's like, which one is it? Um, I think that whenever you, you have the healthy view of money, first off, it can help you make more, but it also helps you give more as well. You know, the yeah. Bible says that like, when you give to the poor, it's literally like a loan to God. Like you're giving to the poor and then it's in Proverbs and, and it's like, God's like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get that back to you. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like, if you're, if you're someone who struggles with generosity, here's what I believe. I believe that people actually want to do good and see good in the world. Hmm. I would challenge you to be generous in something that you can touch and see and feel. Hmm. So this is something that um, I'm sharing for the sake of this podcast and that I'm sharing for like to legitimately help people. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's not my total reward, but hopefully it helps. But like whenever I, whenever we were in Denver this past weekend, um, I had a hundred dollar bill and I went to the hotel and I broke it up into like fives and tens. Mm. And we were in downtown Denver and we, every time we saw a homeless person, like we gave the money was like, Hey, what's your name? Wow. Robert. Hey, Robert, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Like, and it's, and it's, and it's one thing, like, I'm not saying don't tithe to your church. I'm not saying like, don't give to charities and organizations, but like, you know, if it's just running on auto debit on a credit card, like it's, it, like, it's just, and you're, you know, going to a church with a, 
few thousand people, like, you're like, oh, okay, you know, like, it's not really making much of a difference. But when I literally was talking to a 16-year-old teenager in downtown Denver last week who said, hey, can, do you, do you, I hate to bother you, but do you have any spare money? Like, and didn't he even have shoes on his feet? Right. I gave him, like, money, like, to, to, to buy shoes. Like, he looked at me, he was like, dude, and I said, Jesus loves you. He was like, man, thank you, man. God bless you. Jesus loves you, too. Like, I feel like more people need to be like Jesus and like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That changes your perspective on generosity because it humanizes it. Yeah. And lately, generosity has been uh, corporatized, if you will, like, businessized, you know, like, ministerized. But, like, the humanization of generosity I believe is is what would drive you to want to do it more because like you do stuff like that and you're just it's a high like you're like how many more people can I help? Let you me know? go get some more money out real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Like because yeah, yeah, definitely. And so that's what I would say is like humanize your generosity. I don't yeah. hear about that enough. I hear about the Bible says this and the Bible says that and you know like you know. Don't pull out what you're not willing to pour into and, you know, blah, 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 you know. But the reality is like, if you just humanize your generosity, it will make you more generous. Yeah, man. That's so good. I, I want to, I want to focus on um, just for like the last uh, 10 minutes or so of our conversation. I would love to focus on what you're doing now to help young business leaders or business, you're, you don't just help young business leaders, but um, to help business leaders uh, recently you launched something, you and Amanda called launch confident, and you're doing these business calls, you're doing these, this business coaching. And I know because we have so many people who are listening, who are not in vocational ministry, you know, they're, they're in the workforce and maybe they've had a business dream, a business idea, and just listening to you talk is inspiring them to, uh, at the very minimum, think about actually doing it. Yeah. Um, what if someone's interested in, you know, being coached by you or checking out Launch Confident? Can you just speak to like what is it that you help people do, and why do you think? Um, I mean, tons of people are 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 using your service right now. Why do you think that is? I think it's because. <clears throat> People want to feel ultimately like they're purposeful in doing what God's called them to do. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we help people who have an existing audience or an existing expertise monetize it online. Yeah, that's what we do. And we, I mean, it can be through many ways. It can be through helping them create a digital course, helping them to create a coaching program, helping them to, you know, like market and sell their book, you know, or whatever, like, but what we do is we help people who have an existing audience and their expertise monetize that platform through teaching that expertise or an expertise or teaching something to their audience uh, and connecting with them in a deep way. And so um, I think that it's just, first off, it helps people feel really purposeful. Yeah. Um, secondly, it helps people, our business coaching helps people learn how to structure packages that are not, you know, seven dollar ebooks you know like it's yeah. like like we're teaching people how to sell higher price packages so that they can um ultimately do more of what matters to them and yeah. work less you know and so i believe that 
many people are really appreciating the skill set side. They're also appreciating the mindset side, you know, sure. because me and Amanda are really transparent on like what we are and like what we're doing and uh, how, how this did and how that did and everything. And so they're learning that in real time. And um, the margins are just great. You know, if you have somebody who pays you for a digital course or a product or something like that, it may cost you a hundred bucks a month to host a platform, maybe another 50 to a hundred bucks to have an email service, you know, like the mart, like it's a very low cost intensive business, you know, much more than, you know, different than like a brick and mortar business or something like that. But like, it's low cost, high margin um, and high flexibility. You can do it through the internet or over zoom, like how we're talking now. Like it's just, People are, are really, really loving it. And ultimately it's it's changing people's lives. We had one student I think about who didn't start from anything, but he's like a very, very talented musician. And we helped him go from zero. He We helped him create a membership site. Wow. And it, now he's doing, I think like over like 10 grand a month in like recurring monthly memberships. Um, and that's not, and that's not including um, gigs and things like that. Um, Tony and Sam Collier, they just launched Hillsong in Atlanta. Uh, we helped Tony do a launch for uh, last year for like a course that she was doing. She did like 20 grand in two weeks. Wow. Um, you know, I, it's just, I, I mean, we have a page full of, you know, testimonials, but like the big idea is that people want to wake up and feel like they are making a difference yeah. and they feel like they're purposeful and doing what they're called to do and what God's told them to do. And we help them create that while not having them suffer, like going through being broke in order to, to get there. You know, I don't believe that poverty and piety are, you know, like directly correlated with one another. And so that's, uh, that's, that's what I say. That's why I say that it's, it's a, it's a bomb program and um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a bomb program. Go follow Michael, go follow his wife, Amanda. They are a power couple in the truest sense of the phrase. Um, hey, we always end conversations like this just to help people get to know you in like a little bit of a fun way. Um, if you had to give a TED Talk and the TED Talk could not be on business, it could not be on anything related to what you do on a daily basis or anything having to do with Jesus and being a Christian, just something that you're like crazy passionate about that people might not know. And you've got a 30 minute Ted talk and you got to break it down for us. What would the Ted talk be on and why? Wow. We've, so, had, we've had some crazy ones. Yeah. You have some crazy ones. Um, so I would do a Ted talk on the art of cooking great southern food bro i want to listen to that ted talk <laughs> so i mean born and raised in louisiana yeah. uh, so like with a bunch of cajuns and um it's a little secret hidden talent of mine that like whenever i cook like people love it and so it's um, like a go-to meal like if you're cooking southern food tonight what would you cook Okay, so what I would do, I'll, I'll tell you how, how, how it works. So I would chop up some onions, chop up some celery, um, some garlic as well. I would um, throw it in a pan. I would then um, add like some Cajun sausage and stuff like that in it as well. Cook it, make sure it's all browned really nice. Then I would add a um, add flour to it 
and like to create what's called like a, a roux and it's what's found in like gumbo and stuff like that and you brown the flour and that gives it like a depth of flavor deglaze it with a little bit of white wine in order to like bring it down a little bit i'd add heavy whipping cream um italian seasoning some smoked paprika i would like cook that all up like that boil some linguine noodles on the side get some salmon cajun rub it smoke it on the grill and then um, boom, there is, uh, and then I would add, this is a, it, it, this is a little bit of a, like a boom, but like, I would add a little bit of Dijon mustard just okay. for a little bit of like a nuance in the taste. And then boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be my Cajun, uh, salmon and like sausage, uh, linguine. You know? I'm hungry right now, bro. I'm coming over. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Please come. Please come to Dallas. Please, uh, you and you and Maddie. Please come and hang out with us. You know we're going to. Man, I love you. Thank you so much for uh, being on all our ways. I know that there's going to be a lot of people um, who are interested in checking you out. Go follow Michael. Go support him. Go learn how to be a better entrepreneur, a better business leader. Love you, bro. And a better lover of Jesus, because that's what it's all about, baby. Come on, somebody. <laughs>